Hi, my name is Gene, and I want you to add your voice to our journey into China. Because accelerating success in China through learning Chinese language and culture is about the application of key Chinese cultural concepts in the proper cultural context. It's not about translations, and your success will ultimately require you to go beyond just understanding Chinese culture. So every week, I create a LinkedIn post to get other perspectives about one of 10 Chinese cultural concepts that I believe are misunderstood, but essential for understanding how Chinese people think, why they behave the way they do, and how to create more positive communication patterns that lead to more constructive cooperation. This week's Chinese cultural concept is yin-yang, the balance between opposing forces. But we also want to extend its application to the gray areas that everyone needs to learn how to manage if you want to be successful doing business in China. So let's listen to some of the top comments. Simone, who's an artist who spent five years in China trying to portray the lives of real Chinese people as a counterperspective to what's often portrayed in Western mainstream media, says, unfortunately, gray areas is an important for maintaining balance. Life, however, is not a shade of gray and cannot always be brought into this form. A Chinese calligrapher once said to me, happiness is a process, satisfaction is the outcome. So I believe both systems, the Chinese and the Western, have their merits and limitations. The Chinese system sometimes seeks too much balance, while the Western system is often too extreme. It would be nice not to juxtapose these contrasts, but instead try to find a way to unite them. Yes, Simone, it would be great for all humanity if China and the West could learn to see the best of the other side. In my opinion, one of the biggest challenges for both sides to find a common framework to communicate is I sometimes view that sometimes one side is speaking in absolute terms while the other one is listening and perceiving things in relative terms. And there's also a tendency of Westerners to speak literally versus Chinese who speak in a more figurative way. So from my Western perspective, I continuously remind myself that my Chinese counterparts think in relative terms, but they speak in absolute terms because they perceive communicating suggestively might weaken their position and perhaps even cause a loss of face. Therefore, I try to condition myself not to interpret their words too literally. Perhaps this mindset will lead to a better way to listen. And then Todd added, I think uniting the two sides is a challenge since culture is deeply ingrained in language and social habits. So I support the idea of cultural diplomacy, learning from one another and respecting each other's practices while not forcing adoption of any single system. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, and when in China, do as the Chinese do. Okay, so Ru Xiang Sui Su, or the Chinese equivalent of this phrase, when in Rome, is also something we discussed in the last Chinese cultural concept post about Li Yi and its relationship with Guanxi. The rituals and the gestures for developing Guanxi in China are often strange and difficult for many foreigners to adopt. So, when in Rome, even though it's a cliche, is often useful for getting you in the proper cultural mindset to enable you to deepen trust and cooperate more constructively 
with your Chinese counterparts. Dr. Serna also responded to Simone, I would suggest that the only way to show a portrait of China to the West is through analogies, since those who have never been to China do not have any reference point to understand the strokes that paint this portrait. That being said, such a portrait can only be an approximation of reality. So, yes, yeah, so, you know, a picture paints a thousand words, but a thousand words can be misinterpreted just as easily as 10. You know, I really love how we are all attempting to show more positive energy images of China and especially of Chinese people because the misinterpretations that too many Westerners have from the media they consume affects our politics. And it has become a negative cycle that we should all try to prevent from becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Julia says, a good example of a gray area business activity is the Daigo shopping, where people buy items overseas to sell domestically. Before the pandemic, this industry reached over 40 billion in revenue, but travel and more legal restrictions have essentially halted this gray area activity. It is difficult to predict whether this will continue to be uh, featured in a feature in China's retail sector, but prior to COVID-19, even with legal restrictions, the Daigo industry continued to grow. Uh, yes, so, you know, another uh, infamous or famous gray area industry in China is the market for fake luxury items. You know, I recall in the early 2000s, there was an ironic statement that commonly circulated amongst Chinese people. Foreigners visit China to purchase fake Gucci, while Chinese leave China to purchase the real ones. Of course, the Chinese value-added tax added at least 30% to the cost of identical products when purchased through legitimate sellers in China. So while many factors contribute to gray markets commonly seen throughout China, they are technically and ethically by Western standards, illegal. So this creates a practical and cultural dilemma for many in the West. So to put it into context, classical Chinese artists trained by reproducing the art of their masters. And this quote unquote reproduction in modern times has become a legal question in the West and a gray area question in China. In the end, I believe it's important not to judge these activities before putting them in the proper cultural context. Now, Christina says, in my view, the concept of yin and yang can offer another perspective for managers to consider. Cultural differences and even cultural clashes should be addressed in a proactive manner, as this can foster change, innovation, and creativity. As far as the gray areas are concerned, it must be taken into consideration that what may be considered inappropriate or frowned upon in the Western world is in fact acceptable in China, and that should not be criticized or judged negatively. By having empathy and a non-judgmental attitude, you will be able to build rapport with your Chinese counterparts. Yes, Christina, that's an excellent perspective. Westerners have a different system of values and ethics that we should not impose upon our Chinese counterparts. That said, it is my opinion that when we focus our attention on harmony based on a foundation of greater empathy towards our Chinese counterparts, they will usually respond by moving closer to our perspective, especially when we give them a face-saving off-ramp or 台阶下, 
for the things we disagree with or maybe frown upon. An attitude of judgment will push people further away, even when they might agree with you in principle. And finally, Manfred said, there is some yin and every yang and some yang and every yin. This comes from Yi Jing. Uh, so there cannot be 100% black or 100% white. So simple. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in the Book of Changes, Yi Jing, that Manfred cites in this comment. And most people probably haven't read it or studied it. It's a challenge when we perceive other people talking in absolutes, whether through our misinterpretations across language barriers or biased perspectives from media's influence. So the question is, how should we respond? Should we respond directly or in a more face-giving manner? This is a choice that each of us has the freedom to make. I often suggest that we should try to condition ourselves not to interpret the things we hear too literally because Chinese people communicate more figuratively and emotionally than their you know, typical Western counterparts. But, you know, and I'm not talking about displays of emotion like excitement or anger. Rather, it's how Chinese utilize language in their communications that's often misunderstood. Okay, so something to think about. Anyway, I hope this kind of starts to expand your understanding and application of yin yang and the balance of forces and how it may apply to the many gray areas that you should learn to navigate properly if you want to be successful in China. Again, improving how we cooperate across cultural and value differences is a never ending journey. And this conversation is really just beginning. There will be many more insights and comments and perhaps even one from you that we can all socialize together. So just follow the links to get more perspectives. And also I encourage you to share your experience, insights and questions. And you can do that in the post or just leave a comment in the comment section below. And I'll see you in the next Chinese cultural concept post.